No, I made Zenner graphs over. Sorry, guys. Hey guys, welcome to the Scrubland. This is episode number 37. Sorry about not getting episode 36 out. I hope those are the right numbers. Uh, we got lazy and didn't edit the podcast. Also, nothing interesting happened that week, so by, I'm sorry. By we, you mean you. It's by, all right. Yeah, okay, so this is Daniel Sale. Uh, I also have Chris Burrows here with me, as always. How you doing, buddy? And uh, Chris Casby's out on uh, reserve leave, but we brought in uh, three ringers to take in his place. I think their combined weight equals Chris Casby's weight. Yes. So... <laughs> Just barely. Yeah, just. I mean, he works at a pizza place. What do you expect? Well, Will Haas also weighs two pounds. So, <laughs> so what? Okay, so we got Will Haas. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Uh, Will Haas is a consummate playtest partner. That's right. Uh, deck builder extraordinaire. Winner of a 1K. Uh, randomly won a 1K in the car on the way there. Like, you want, you want it in the car, right? It's such a great story. Yeah. In the car. <laughs> Kithkin, in the car. You're like, oh, binder pull Kithkin in the yeah, car to Roanoke. Soldier. Make it happen. <laughs> Uh, I got I got Brian Brown here. How you doing, buddy? I'm all right, man. Brian, being Brian Brown. Brian Brown. Uh, do, Brian Brown. Do you even have the internet? I know you've never listened to a podcast before. Very so. very limited internet going on in Brian Brown's world. Uh, Brian Brown, uh, innovator of the black white deck that he just won't die. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, he wins local stuff. I can't. Yeah. Argue with I mean, yeah. like he's the kind of guy that just like comes to the store and has the same deck every week, and you're like, God damn it, Brian Brown. <laughs> I, Hex Mage on the on the mimic that again. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it wins. It beats Jace all day. It's a $90 card. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least, certainly not least, we got Charles League. Uh, Tell, tell us about the tell us about your recent uh, tournament exploits, sir. I am still recovering. You got Boris? I was gonna say, I, I, let me introduce Charles League, uh, creator of the Charles League uh, precon of last year, precon Invitational. Also creator of the Charles League Drafting the Scrubland Time Trial Invitational 2011. Sweet ass tournament for his birthday. Happened last weekend. You guys will get to hear about it if you actually listen to the last podcast. If it ever exists, it exists. And, it'll it'll happen. And uh, I just uh, also a great playtest partner. He's been playing Blue White Cobblade, even though he abstains from standard right now. It's a, it's a not a fun format, and Magic's a fun game. So there you go. That's why we draft Time Spiral. All right, so, so hang on. So Charles, like, I got I got to dive into your psyche here for a minute. I know that it was your birthday party. You wanted to have a giant blowout. Um, Whoa. tell me about, tell me about why you picked, time, why did, <laughs> Magic I, I thought that was going somewhere else there. Uh, why did, it is going there, just wait, wait for it. Why did you pick Time Spiral as the format of choice? Um, my favorite, Time Spiral was when I got back into the game. Uh, when I came back down, I came in right at Future Sight's release, and, uh, there was these creatures, slivers, that were just broken, right? Like, all slivers get abilities, so I absolutely love Time Spiral. Uh, plus, it has such fun cards such as Damnation, which I'm still waiting for the reprint of. It's gonna, it's gonna happen one <laughs> Maybe. day. Maybe. Uh, so that's my favorite format: Lorwyn's creatures, Blahs, Endicard lands. Shards is just absolutely. And, terrible. and you wanted to draft something you were familiar with, and yeah, I, I guess I wasn't too familiar with it. I, I, I got knocked <laughs> out first round, but, but yeah, that, I mean, it seemed like the most fun. So I said that nobody really had played. Other than, of course, Daniel Sale and John Davis, who happened to make finals. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it, it like I, I went back through like my uh, collection uh, on Magic Online before. I was just like, I just want to look at like all the commons and stuff, and I realized that I had um, like thirty-seven Keldon Halberdiers and fifty-eight Errant Ephemerons, and I was like, huh. I guess there is something to those Magic Online stats they send you in the mail. <laughs> you knew what you were going to draft when you yeah. got there. I was right. like, man, like, Blue Red was just the best draft deck. So like, good. Aaron Ephemeron is a monster. 
So yeah, yeah I, I really, I really like the draft. And uh, somebody won the the Tarmogoyf lottery. So yeah, uh, Mike Holsworth actually he won the Tarmogoyf, and then he, he ended up giving to me as a birthday present. Happy birthday! Oh, that's, a, that's yeah. awesome. So, kudos to Mike Holsworth. I need to get with him. I think I'm gonna give it back to him. Actually, why? No, keep it. Remember, he had he had his stuff stolen from uh, oh. Baltimore 5K. So I need to get with him. Charles, and get back to him. it's Dude. not even that good. It's like a zero one. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> the most of the time. It is a zero one. I play Leyline of Sanctity, and then I uh, kneel spellbomb my own graveyard just to make sure. Nice, you know, absolutely. Not keeping not it right where it is. Yeah, it's not a sliver. <laughs> that, that's I wouldn't have picked it. I would have passed it to Patrick Clark to my left <laughs> if there had been one virulent sliver in that future side pack. <laughs> that said, Mike Holsworth deserves something like a tarmogoyf. Tom- yeah, so I'm gonna give it back. Good man. Yeah, uh, well, I didn't even think about it at the time, but yeah, Mike, you got a tarmogoyf coming. There you uh, go. Just don't trade it, all right? <laughs> okay. So we're we're kind of beating around the bush here, but I think it's it's because standard is so bad. Like I, I'm not gonna say it's the worst format we've ever seen. There have certainly been been more stale formats, but like this is a stale format, right? No, it's the lack of innovation. Uh, people like, people have been saying it since last year, maybe the year before. There was that really great interview with uh, the what's his name? The, the he he created uh, Mark Turian. Uh, they they had a really great interview interview with Mike Turian last year, and they said, "Hey, you know what? Like." There are ways to beat each deck in each format. It, people aren't even, like, trying anymore. They're just right. playing the best deck, they're, and this is how it goes. Right. You they're just, like, we keep printing all these interesting cards that'll be, like, they're like, Raid Bombardment is an interesting card that can kill Planeswalkers. People just are ignoring aren't it. Aren't using it. They're like, whatever, Raid Bombardment. Like, that card sucks. I never even played it in Limited. Right. And so, like, nobody builds around it. They just, like, iterate on the same deck over and over. And, and then you end up with a ter- with a, a top eight, like, last week, where it was seven blue-white Callblade and one blue-green, whatever the hell that was. Which isn't very good. Do we have that list? Yeah, we do, we do. We have, you know what? So we have the blue-white Callblade list that was the first place in Boston, thanks to Jan- Dan Jordan. Uh, Dan oh. is a consistent top eighter, consistent winner of the... Uh, 5k series for a while he's got one mortar pod two feast of Fam- uh feast of famine two tumble magnet nothing too interesting about the the list he's got a sun titan as a main deck that's he's the got, most interesting thing yeah he also dropped a th- well i mean he's he's got three manly three spell pierce which is pretty standard these All, days. Oh, so like most of these decks uh, the the one interesting thing i've seen about this format that that speaks volumes to me about being an inbred format is the fact that everybody has mortar pod now did did all of the white blue deck? Did all these top eight white That's blue a, cobbler decks have the mortar pod? Okay, if see, okay, before Texas, people realized that that was the correct tech. And then that's how the top eight was of Texas. The blue white decks had the blue white cobbler decks had mortar pod, so just so you could stoneforge it up against rug. And uh, but it has all the splash damage against opposing hawks. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's just a it's it's a deck it's a card that had been showing up in some blue white lists before that. But Texas, everyone realized you know this is pretty much how it is. I, I don't I don't like it. I'll be like well it, you it never seems, played no 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 no. It seems like a wasted slot. Like like it's like they're entering the main deck. They're like they're coming in main deck pre boarded. Like the, people are building their decks with the mortar pod main deck and. Like, Mortar Pod is not a insane card. It's not, like, the best thing you can be doing. It's only really good in the format when you only expect to play against other Squadron Hawk decks. It's not, like, against the Lotus Cobra? So what? They're just going to draw their lands anyway. Like, you slowed them down, but now you don't have a sword. I mean, I, like, it doesn't seem that good. Will House, what do you got? Isn't that where we are, though? Just a bunch of Cobblade decks? I mean, what what did we invent to beat the Cobblade decks? Spark, uh, Spark Blade, right? So you brought in Cunning Spark Mage. 
right? So what's better than cutting spark mage? Mortar pod. Your mystic can go get it. You don't even need these spark mages and a red color anymore. So like, the, so they dropped. They were so for a little while. They said spark mages and lightning bolts will add red to the deck. We'll get arid mesas. Right, we'll make that, our like we can do answer. it with the mana. And then instead, they're like, whatever. We don't even need this stupid splash. We can just play mortar pod. It's the same thing as cunning spark mage. Now I know that Channel Fireball brought uh, Boros to Fort Worth and said, you know, this is actually going to be a really good deck. And then the reason that they felt like they weren't actually in the game is because their whole Spark Mage plan versus Blue White Callblade was invalidated by so many Blue White decks having Mortar Pod and being able yeah. to search it out. I, I I agree that Mortar Pod's also really good against Geopedes and Steplinxes. It, I as a Boros player, I don't really know how to beat them when they have that. Like even your Mirror Crusader is like your best card, and he's a three drop, so you're pretty far behind at that point if you're if that's if that's your best card, you know? Well, well so. I mean Boris has got a shot at it with their spark mages, but that whole plan being knocked out by an equipment you can go fetch up very easily, yeah. I mean that just throws Boris out the window. So like I don't think that it's such a a devastating thing that this blue white deck is the best deck. Like it because I how about it? The, Do we want to call it the best? I think calling it the best deck is a problem. How about calling it the only deck? It's the like, but no. it's not that like if like, you if you play on, like if you go to a real Magic tournament or you play on Magic Online, you realize that there are so many other decks. Don't call happening. don't don't even bring Magic Online to the equation because there are okay. so many people because that that just don't play Magic Online the way like the Magic Online format is completely different than the paper format That's just true. because people don't actually buy the cards online. That's true. That's why I, I will completely invalidate okay. that argument. That's where I do a majority of my testing. So well, I'm sorry. That's bad for and you. I'll, I'll move. I'll move on. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna say that. I've been playing this blue-black deck for quite a while, and I've moved on. I've started playing more Precursor Golems on my main deck. I've lowered the curve. I've done a lot of things. And uh, at the current iteration, I'm just playing Nick Spag- like very, very close to Nick Spagolo Nolo's uh, blue-black list that he posted on TCG two weeks ago, I guess now. Sure. <laughs> I, we may have talked about it on the last cast. I'm not sure. Um, we did not. And it's got a fantastic Cobblade matchup. Like, the fact that, like, is, like, Precursor Golem just the answer? Like, if you're just more aggressive with guys that are bigger than an X1, you're usually able to out-aggro the, the blue-white Cobblade decks. You just have to have access to Mana Leaks and Jace Bellerins. Like, I feel like this blue-black deck I've been playing, like, I'm, I'm never scared to play Cobblade. Like, I'm only ever scared when I know my opponent is a good player. What do you got, Brian? I just, having played nothing but Black-White Mimic Vat for, like, seven months... <laughs> Like, having done nothing but gone rogue for, like, seven months, like, something like Cobblade doesn't bother me because it's as simple as taking out the sword. Like, remarkably, the same problem I have with Mimic Vat is you take out Mimic Vat, wow, does my deck just not do anything at all? You take out the swords, you've got nothing. So, and you, like, don't have Cobble- a problem, you don't have a problem with Gideon at all? No, Gideon, like, he's an impediment, not necessarily a problem. Like, okay, you've got to run over Gideon before you do something super relevant. Okay, hit Gideon for 10 with the Grave Titan, and then go about your business and kill your opponent for 20. Like, no big deal. Gideon's just kind of a roadblock. He's not a problem. Well, just talk about two things. I mean, you got the Precursor Golem with the Callblade decks cutting their Day of Judgments down. Their answers to Precursor Golem are less and less. Now you like, find, this one's only running two days of Judgment. You do find people playing... Uh, I don't know how about about the blue-white decks that are uh, of last week, but speaking of three weeks ago, there were a lot of blue-white decks playing Condemn because of that actual problem, that problem. But how many Condemns? Like, one two. Condemn or two Condemns? 
Well, here's here's the deal. I think it's the big issue with with the Cobblade deck. You, like you were seeing it with Cobblade, we saw it with Jund last season too. Is there are like fifty three to fifty five cards that are just like Gibbons at this point, and you have like five to five spells, and then like your whole sideboard. If you need to like, you're like, oh, I'll just trim it from my main deck, make that a little bit worse, like turn the dials a little bit, and like so, all of these decks are essentially like. 50 to 55 cards of the same deck. So yeah, like this week they have two day of judgments and next week they have some condemns. And is that like, there has to be an answer to this stuff. Like, is it, is it just the fact that like the, the millions of people playing magic have finally like stamped out the fact that this is the most consistent deck. I think it's a lot of the, a lot of the articles online are pointing to Valakut being the true reason the format's kind of uh, degraded down. Uh, one of the big reasons why is because you can't play your Venge Vines, you can't play your mid range decks, which would have great answers to Squadron Hawks. They can out-aggro them. But Squadron Hawks does such an unfair thing, and Valakas does an even more unfair thing, that your mid-range decks just cannot compete. Right. They're get, they get held down by Valaka and They're just so, one turn too slow for Valakut. And, and, and if you go to a tournament, there's some, there's going to be people still playing Valakut from, uh, from all the way back from when it was good two months ago. And now that Callblade is the deck to beat, you can't build a mid-range deck to play against Squadron Hawks because... You'll get that second or third round Valakut player, and you're just dropping back down. So these Callblade decks are doing such an unfair thing on the first two and three turns. It's so hard to catch up. I really feel like uh, I've actually I've I've given up on Valakut, and that's a huge thing, especially to announce on the cast because uh, I've been saying Valakut every week for how long now. But uh, next week I'm going to be playing Rog at this uh, regionals qualifier, and uh, the reason is it's a mid range deck, and it has a I'd say 55% chance against blue white call blade. And that's simply because you can just get, you you can just, uh, rogue just has so much mana. It has so much mana. You can play around mana leaks. You like, if they don't deal with the Lotus Cobra, you have such an advantage. You're just playing dude after dude after dude. If that is like, that is the epitome of the mid range deck right now. And if the thing is, you know, even though you can fight those control decks and you have that good or better than average matchup against control decks, you can still get those super powerful draws where you can actually still beat Valakut. So uh, that's the epitome of the best mid-range deck right now to okay. me. Okay, timeout. Uh, this blue-green aggro deck from, what is this, Boston? Yeah, tell me all about amazing. this blue-green deck. Uh, tell me about it. I was going to ask you to tell me all about it because it doesn't look good to me. It looks like the kind of deck that dodged... Blue White Cobblade for a million rounds and then loses in the first round of the top eight to Blue so, White Cobblade. Uh, so I get to play my Venge Vines, which are really good against Cobblade, right? Plus I get to play my own Jace. They're okay against them. How about that? Yeah, I, I'm liking that. I'm I mean, liking... like the best thing this deck has going for it is Turbo Acidic Slime. Well, it also has a. If you have the sword in your hand, you can turn three, swing in with a Lotus Cobra equipped. It's playing two feast, sort of feast and famine. It has no way to tur- no way to tutor for it. Like it, I feel like it's just like it's ignoring the fact that you can. Like what? Like why is Sword of Feast and Famine even in this deck? It's running four Stoneforge Mystics. If you're looking for a way to tutor, like uh, see, no, this is deck. this is blue green aggro dog. Yeah, it's running the bad. it's running the swords because it can blow blue people green. out on it. Turn two Lotus Cobra. Turn three Fetch Land. Play with Sword of Feast and Famine. Equip to Lotus Cobra. Swing in for five, and then you already start uh, doing unfair things. I mean, like, absolutely. It's so inconsistent, though. It's the well, same. It's the same problem. The, that's not the ultimate play with the deck. Like the deck yeah. doesn't. Have, it has other stuff. You can also turn three acidic slime, put them on lands. You can also bring in with your birds of paradise, start playing crazy stuff such as bringing out your fauna shaman, 
and uh, Vengevine package. Put four Vengevines in the yard. By the time uh, Squadron Hawks can do anything, I can make a judgment. Absolutely. I'm going to be honest. I don't like this deck. I don't think it's a good deck. I would not suggest playing this deck. You don't understand it. I, I think it's the same thing. A lot of people have been trying to break the, the Bant because we had the uh, the blue-white, red Callblade version, Sparkblade. We had Esperblade. Uh, people have been trying to build, put green into it and have the Bant version of the Callblade deck. And I think they're like, all right, well, let's just cut out the control elements of this deck, such as Gideon, Squadron Ox, and Stoneforge, because that's just slow, and we'll just play the fast elements. And that's your green-blue aggro version. All right, so you just said it wasn't consistent. All right, so it's just green-blue. The only blue card is Jace, right? And, and, it's, and we're running four of Fauna Shaman. You have Frost Titan and Jace as your right, other card. And a Consecrated Sphinx. Which is just which super is a, cute which is and a bullet, basically. not good. Yeah. So why, just why do you think this, this deck is consistent? <laughs> When, uh, when the mana looks pretty solid to me. Uh, the, ma- the, mana can, the mana can be as consistent as you want to be. I didn't say the mana was inconsistent. I'm saying that well, a I, deck that tries to win through attacking with creatures versus a deck... Vines, right? Okay. With Fauna Shaman? Versus a deck. Th- this, is, this is the epitome of the blue-green deck that loses to Valakut. All right, it shut, doesn't... Up for, <laughs> shut up for a second now. Re-say what you said. Uh, whatever. Brewer. See, you just spoke over it. Like Brewer's dropped the bottle. I dropped the bottle. I needed to. So what? Rewind. All right. So All what? Right. It's just hilarious. Fine. <laughs> That's why people come to the Scrubland podcast. Fair enough. Is okay. because sometimes you drop beer bottles all over the table and make hilarious dropping noises. Burr. We're not even editing this out. It's this like is this is sound effects. This Sweet. is real life, people. Yeah. And sometimes when you drink, course. sometimes the some, reality podcast. This is what people come for. Sometimes, sometimes when you drink beers, you spill your empty beer bottles all over the table. Sometimes and it makes it terrible microphone noises. Who said anything about professionalism? Yeah, yeah, right. Screw that. This is the this blue green deck is the epitome of the mid range deck that gets beaten by Valakut. Okay, so what do we got on the board? Nothing for Valakut. I think Flash Freeze, Mana Leak. That's a pretty good game, right? Are you going to sit on their green source? On it's turn okay. Two and they're just like, yeah, or they're it's, a, it's okay. Like, right. what, Valica, what Valica deck like straight loses to some flash freezes and mana leaks? It's they not, still have summoning trap. This isn't just Valica still has a good matchup here. This isn't just flash freezes and mana leaks. This is a fast clock with Venge Vines, fast mana, nest invaders, Jace. Plus counter spells. It made the top eight. I'm not saying it didn't step over at least a Valakut deck on the way there, and it probably stepped over a couple blue white decks. It has some game, but it's not the kind of deck that'll ever win a tournament, and I don't suggest people play it. Okay, well, this guy Lawrence Swassy, I guess his name is. He's been playing the same thing repeatedly. He topied the last time they're in Boston, and he topied this one. He's been doing very well with the deck. Okay, he did a deck tech with him uh, about the deck. I mean, he cool. consistently plays this. He's done well with the deck. I mean, I, I don't know no, why you're arguing that it's then it not get, consistent. It goes back to the point of, that we've made multiple times, which is once you've played a deck a whole lot and you know exactly what it does and you just stay on the same deck forever, you get added percentage points by knowing but, every situation you can get into and how to play out of it. This is not a Michael Rook situation. Mm-hmm. This is not a Michael Rook situation. We've this seen is this, not we've a, seen this, this is over not... and over. Like, the Eldrazi Green decks do the same thing. No. Eldrazi Green is also not a deck I'd suggest anyone play, but I it would, can but, win. I would absolutely... There's a reason this deck can get there repeatedly. It's playing the Vengevine package, which is good against blue-white. And you know why the green-white decks can't get there? Because they don't have the blue, the Jace, the Mind Sculptor. Yeah, absolutely. You can't fight Jace with a green-white deck. This is a strong deck. I don't know if this is the answer or anything, but I I don't see how you're calling this inconsistent or not good for the meta. I I think it's got Game Board versus Valakut. I think Valakut's getting stomped on as it is. Yeah. Like... Valakut's not going to show Valakut, up. I don't even know if it's top sixteen. It's anymore. given up. No, no. There was a there is, was is there a one? there was a fourteenth place Valakut listed Boston. Right. That was it. 
I think it was still show up, but you shouldn't expect to see it. Like no, absolutely not. And yeah. you know, people are not going to con- continuously make those pl- those places. That guy probably ran a really sweet day. That fourteenth placer, like he probably had the really great matchups all the way up, and then probably lost the last two rounds to to Blue White or something. Valakid is evolving. A lot of lists that Valakid are running now is the aggro Valakid. And it's not as fast, not as combo-related as previous Valakit. So this deck is going to have an even better game. Oh, this Valakit deck wants to play creatures against me and not combo out as fast? Seems well, good. Great. My game plan's even better. You're slower. You want to fight on the ground through uh, creature battles. And I get counter spells out of the board. The fact is that when the aggro... And I, I really hate to go back to this. It, it sucks that the podcast is in some way continuing to come back to the same topic. Well, it's but the world of magic. It is. And, like, in, in every single week, we keep seeing the same thing. Is this another... This is... Boston is the same thing where we see another top eight where every deck has four Jaces? This blue-green deck, exactly blue deck has four Jaces. Yes, absolutely. There was another 32 Jaces in Boston. You're correct. And, I mean, like, that sucks. I'm so, Like, I'm sorry. Like, Our, like We're not going to go back over this Jace conversation. We're not going to do it. Because I'm just saying it's frustrating. It's a little frustrating. That doesn't mean that that's not the way it should be. Like... There's little Jace to fight the Jace Wars, but that's a whole. I feel like the Jace War is a whole different freaking like continuity in the middle of all these decks. It's just it's frustrating to see the fact that like it's now a given that unless you have four Jaces in your deck, you're like shouldn't even bother. Well, like that, like I feel like that's sort of the message people are getting sent, and it sucks. We're also at a point in the season where people are notoriously lazy. We're right yeah, to the point is, where, true. where a new set's going to come out rather than innovate and be new about things when you're going to get all these new cards. Just People are just going to play what's out there. That's so true. that's another reason. I'll, you know, I'll give you credit for that. I, I believe that you're probably right. Also, that said, like, in the last month, there were probably more Squad Hawks than Jaces in the top eight. Incorrect. There was a, there was a way... There were, there were entirely if, if too the deck, many If the deck had Squad Hawks, like... There, there are a it lot was either Bordos or it had four Jaces. Yeah. But there I mean, were a lot more decks with four Squad Hawks than there were with four Jaces. Uh, like, the... Around. It's unfortunate that the best cards have shaken out. Like, the best, right. like, I, it's, I don't even know where to go from here. I mean, that like, it's, 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 it's the Jace argument. It just sucks. Like, I mean. it, uh, I'm done with the Jace argument because, you know what? Okay. I don't think it should be banned. I think that it's healthy for the format. And I think that after the rotation, there's going to be a whole bunch of fantastic well, things that thing. are going to happen. we got happen. two weeks. Like, we'll see how like, it is. There's absolutely no reason to ban it when the and the new rotation is going to happen. If the new rotation happens, and you know what, the whole the whole top eight is blue white cobblade again, then you know what, I'm done. But uh, the uh, it's just, just like last year when uh, when they decided not to have O ring or any kind of Maelstrom pulse effect that they, we knew planeswalkers were going to become big, right? And Jason become even more powerful. With the next set, there's like three or four just destroyed planeswalker cards, right? So the planeswalkers have become weaker. With, especially with that beast from within, a couple of yeah. we'll talk about it later. But like, there's there's hate in the next set coming out that says, "All right, play your planeswalkers. These commons and uncommons are going to be able to kill them." Pretty, uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I feel like we don't have that much more time left in this format. There's no reason to ban Jace. We'll move on. Let's talk about something that's <laughs> we got. We got two decks that are vying for worst deck of the week. 
And uh, someone give bad. these two. Someone give these two. The, these are pretty bad. You have the Pyromancer. Then? Yeah, we have Pyromancer's Ascension, and we have uh, Venser Control. This deck now, has Temple Bell in it. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need a vote. <laughs> Any deck with Temple Bell in it needs to not exist. Straight up. My right. vote is for Venser Control being the worst deck of the week. Do you want to talk about the worst deck of the week, everyone? I, I, I don't vote for either. I mean, one of these decks tenth placed, and the other top sixteen. How can you say the worst deck of the week? They're bad. I, don't know, I like the Pyromancer's Ascension deck. I think that's that's the best answer is Callblade. Callblade is Lightning Bolt, Mana Leak. Go ahead. Try to get your sword in now. Lightning Bolt or Mystic. Try to get your sword in. You can't get it in with your cheating it in. I think that's the best answer to Callblade. Uh, all right. So let's put out an official. I know we've done this in text multiple times, but I don't think I've explained to our co-hosts what the worst deck of the week is. The worst deck of the week is it is a purposely uh, – it is a deck that on paper I'm looking at these decks and saying – I would never play this. What I don't the understand. fuck? That's I, what you're saying. I'm looking at this deck and saying, <laughs> I don't really get this. I don't get this at all. Off the bat, looking at this, it's like, whoa, that's a little crazy. Whoa. We're looking at, look look, look at that list. We've got three Temple Bell, three Wall of Omen. That's, that's a little weird. I, I just, I, it's yeah. a little weird. So I just, want, I just want to say officially on the podcast, the worst deck of the week is just a deck that we find is the strangest deck that we can look at on paper and say WTF and how did this, how did this even win a how game? How did this win? How did this not just go straight to the O2 drop bracket? Right, we're going to have to talk to Stephen Lamana because I do I like the all the cards in this list but I don't know how it's going to win. Exactly. I know. I know. And, and then, then and then it ends up doing well. And that's like, what the worst deck of the week is supposed to be. Well, I'm going to have to go with Adventure Control. I think it looks like that's Super Friends that uh, ramps with the Contagion class. That's and, the best I got for it. And we're talking 10th place in Boston. Somehow, this thing made money. Talk to me about what you see in this list. See, Tell me what the craziest thing you see is. Well, I'd certainly never play this Fencer deck, but I can, um, definitely, I can definitely see what it's doing. I mean, the Temple Bell makes sense to me. You can draw two cards per turn with the Fencer out. It's just another thing to phase out with Fencer. Draw two That's cards crazy. Anyway. Uh, you're going to give it to your okay, so, opponent so, as well. So you though, activate right? your Temple Bell. So you could draw two cards. Then, then you phase it out, bring it back. You're drawing more cards. It's just an attrition deck. It's going to attrition you out. Massive yeah, cards but beat you with. Temple Bell draws them a card too. Temple How to Bell gives to them the card. Right, you have all these answers. You have Contagion class. You have your walls. You have Day of Judgment. You have Gideon. You, it's just I, a card advantage deck. I guess blue I, white control card I, advantage. I got working I, I, I'm kind of behind that. Like, I have. Just, I, I, I I see what this deck. Chris Casby's been playing this exact same deck forever. <laughs> like <laughs> he's got the spine of this show. I can understand that. The spine of this show. It's the same concept though. I, I like the deck, but I don't know what I, I, what's their answer to a squadron hawk in the air. Like they have wall of omens. I guess the contagion class kills it. But I have a frowny face for this deck. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I agree mean, with you guys. No, it's, I, it, no it's, it's, a kook, it's a kooky either. deck. I would certainly never play it, but I definitely see what it has going on. Okay. I, I watch Chris Casby play his deck, and it just attritions you out. Draws infinite cards. Sets up a situation where you have tumble maggots that are infinite, based based on Venser. And just draw so many cards, you can't catch up. Oh, there's that tumble magnet. I want to. Oh, never mind. I want to talk. I want to see where it's it, It's got lots of answers. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. It, it's going to build up a ton of mana. Yep. And just lock the board down. Okay. You're right. It absolutely. Sweet. No, you're right. <laughs> and a lot of the decks cool. right now lock the board down. Tell me how this thing beats Falcon at all, or is it just expecting to dodge it at all, just completely? Yep. Uh, just dodge. It's a meta game deck. Is that the idea? Not that I. Not that I, I think mean, that's a problem. I, I wouldn't. I. 
I'm not gonna tap down your good against Titan. Hopefully, you don't draw another one. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I can certainly see its game plan. Wrap them both away. Temple meta, Bell time. Right, it's kinda, uh, Hope you heal grinding more creatures. Whoops, she drew some more threats. Guess I gotta play some more answers. <laughs> like that's why like, this is the worst deck of the week. I, Seems like Soaker Buttle is your best sideboard card. Yet. I really like. Doesn't work. I don't know. Well, we just talked about how Valakid's getting trashed. Mm. Valakid's going aggro. Uh, doesn't this smash an aggro deck? You're smashing yeah, on this does. deck a little hard for me. Yeah, I mean, I it, it looks like okay. it's doing the right things against Valakid in this meta. Fair You're enough. You're totally right. Fair enough. How about, how about, can I smash on this Pyromancer's Ascension deck? No, oh, you I love, I, this you love Pyromancer's oh, Ascension. I, I've been oh, thinking shit. about playing Ascension for a while. Right. You didn't smash. Am I, mean, I the, am I the sole person that thinks that Pyromancer's Ascension is also not the path to victory? Not at all. Aren't you all about blue, red, like four weeks ago? Brown is with you, but right, Pyromancer's look, Ascension is not the here's, way. Like, here's, here's the reason like I'm not happy with Pyromancer's Ascension is the fact that... Decks are playing duress and Inquisition of Kozilek. Okay, and wait, you're trying yeah, to hold on. Wait a and second. You're trying to resolve this two mana enchantment. Like literally, you like right. your entire game plan hinges on this two mana enchantment. So, wait just a second for me. What decks are playing these cards? Because I think I saw a top sixteen that didn't have any of these cards. I could be wrong. I All know right. the top eight well, didn't have any. Of these you're cards. totally right. Uh, personally, I think more people should be playing blue black. Uh, I, I take some bias over here. I'm gonna laugh <laughs> like. I laugh my ass off every time I draw a hand with like three duress effects in my opener grip. That opening does happen grip. to you a lot on Moto. It, I, I agree. Okay, with you, it happens to me a lot in paper too. I think those I discard know. spells. You are play really eight good. of them. Sometimes you draw two or three in your opener. Like, no, no, no. You, you said three specifically. Yeah. I'll give oh, you the, oh, I'll give oh, you two. Oh, right. You're right. But this could be. I mean, a deck built for the meta game against a Callblade deck when they go turn two Stoneforge Mystic, and they're like, you just lightning bolt it, and they have to. Their game plan is based on that sword, right? Yeah. So if you can somehow keep that sword in their hand or make it so that you can counter it, how do they get their sword out and win the game? Seems bad. They don't have, like, this is playing four into the Royals, right? Wow. Four into the Royals? I, actually, I do kind of like four into the Royals. I'll, get, I'll give him that as far as, like, trying to fight Cobblade. Into the Royals is a pretty decent one. Um, I you will say two that... Jace Bellerins to win the Jace battle? Like, like get it that needs... Uh, does nobody play Slagstorm? Like, why, why does everyone have Pyroclasm and nobody has Slagstorm? Is Slagstorm not good? What's it's like, cheaper. Pyroclasm yeah. cheaper. Like, what do you want the sweeper in there for? Because it, ki it kills the, the it, quick it, rush. It kills Hawk with sword. So does Lightning Bolt. Okay. I like. I just or I, into the world. Maybe I just like the 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 safety of it more. I'm not a deck builder. I, I like. I I generally have problems identifying like what the best thing to do is so uh, uh, like I, i'll give it to you that that like the, i i really do like the four end of the row i think that's very smart for this ascension deck to do i think four but, tubions is pretty cool because i don't think a call to mind I, two to mind it, it's it a just, time it, warp deck i haven't seen uh, that in a while oh, it, except it doesn't have time warp yeah i, <laughs> so, I played the time warp deck i like that i don't, I mean, like, I don't what think what are you gonna do i don't think pyroclasm is a card you want against blue white anyway uh, probably not so I, I i think you it's just in the sideboard for the really quick decks and Pyroclasm does what Slagstorm does, only better and cheaper. It's better on your mana. Uh, I don't like it. I'm sorry. I just, I just, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I, don't I don't like this deck. I'd play this. I don't know. The thing that I notice about this deck list is it only runs two Jace Bellerin. If I was going to play Pyromancer's Ascension, I think I'd want more of that guy. Drop him a turn earlier than their Jace. Yeah. And lock them out of Jace. Would you not, switch it at three and two or three and three still? And I, I might run four small Jace. I'd say like, like four I, and two I, or four and one. I think he's very good in this yeah. deck because you just want to churn through spells. Every time they got a creature, you just want to burn it out. And you want to recoup those cards, keep them off the sword. So that's what I like about this yeah. deck. It runs the full Archive Trap 
uh, snare packaged in the sideboard. I think that's better with some of the other Pyromancer's Ascension decks. Oh, it has the four trying to traps too in right, the sideboard. Which wow, I'm all behind this deck. I'm playing this. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm back to standard, guys. we <laughs> get some vote from Brian. So, hang on. So, uh, let's let's get off the specific list for a little bit. Charles Lee, tell me why you haven't been all about standard for a while. I, like, I, we just... Uh, the three of us that are normal on the cast, like, we're all about the standard decks. We're all about looking at the metagame, seeing everything that's happening. And you've you've been there before, and you like to go to these big tournaments. But, like, lately you've just removed yourself entirely, I guess right? I, I came back. I just started planning again because uh, I coached in the offseason. So I got three yeah. months where I'm just out of the game. And I came back at the end of February, beginning of March, right at the beginning of when Call Blade was first starting to make its big like stamp on the metagame. Well, yeah. uh, chokehold, but oh, chokehold, yeah. 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 But I, so I started playing that, and I played Call Blade. I even moved over to Spark Blade. I liked it because just because the lightning bolts gave you that advantage. And then I got to that one GPT where we made that one play that you guys mentioned a month ago. I don't even know. If you knew oh, that was painful. And oh, then yeah. uh, after that, I, I just realized that when I showed up a tournament, and because that GPT was a, a GPT where I showed up out of the nine people there, I mean, it was an anomaly, but there was four Callblade decks. Right. And I already saw it coming, saw that, that Callblade was just taking over. There was hardly any Valakut. It was just all Callblade, and I had to play four Callblade mirror matches. And I just made a really bad misplay in the final one, and it just did not get there. And then so the next couple tournaments, I just kept seeing more and more Callblade, and I said, you know what? I can't play my Venge Vines that I invested into. It's just, it's not as much fun. It's, right. It's not a fun format, and so I'll just draft if I want to, and then that'll be it. But it, right. it, there's too much unfair stuff going on on turn two and three. Uh, for instance, in Blue, uh, Blue-White Callblade Mirror Match, uh, if you're on the draw, how do you beat a turn two Stoneforge Master? Without Alst or something in the deck to beat to kill that Stoneforge Master? Yeah. And unfortunately, that's what like all of these like five to seven card techie sideboard things are coming down to is the fact that you know if you if you have it or you don't like like you can just get blown out very early in a game like blown out by a turn two play that you just you can't answer just does not seem very fun to me absolutely not and uh, there's not a lot of main deck answers in the mirror you're right like a lot of it is is and that's why Paul Vitor wrote, wrote that article a while back about. How he related Stoneforge Mystic to being Bitter Blossom of the current format yeah. is if you got the turn to a Bitter Blossom in, in the mirror, you got a real huge advantage. So I feel you. Like uh, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a crappy situation, and that's why I feel like we're. we're I mean, I want to try and promote people to try and innovate, but you know what? It's not. It's too late. At that it's point. just. It, it's just some, like point. you can't you can't force people to innovate. You can't tell people like, oh, you should play the like. It's my it's my biggest problem where I'm like. Oh, I think you should play something that's much more interesting and fun. And that's what I want to tell people. And then whenever I hear someone say that, I'm like, why would I do that when this deck can just win? Right. Like, why don't I just play the deck that wins? Because, like, I really wish I could be a better deck builder. I love to try to build decks. But every time I try to build a deck, it doesn't turn out the way I wanted it to. Like, like I'm just, I'm missing some cards. Or I'm like, I feel like I have a really good idea, but I can't, like iterate it the way i wanted it to be so instead i just end up in this situation where i'm like i have like almost a deck and i feel like it's almost good enough but i don't have the courage to really like run it as hard as it should be and i don't know exactly what i'm doing wrong and then also none of the people i play with want to support me and and they just want to like look at my deck and be like your deck's terrible what the fuck are you doing worst deck of the week (laughs) like right Right. like all all they do is they're like well your deck's bad so why are you doing that just play just mind sculptor like are you an idiot and I'm like, no, I'm not an idiot. I'm trying to do something cool. 
And they're like, don't do cool things, just win. Yeah. I'm like, well, I, but... You know, well, I feel like Alejandrazi said it the best, is that uh, cute plays will uh, are, look really bad when they're just cute. But when cute plays are actually good in the metagame and successful, they're the best plays. They are the best plays in the entire metagame. Yeah, you're like, you're like tap my... Tap my artificer and my Kraken hatchling. Make a steel hell kite. Booyah! Yeah. And your opponent's like, uh, okay. Yeah. I'm a, like, and, well, and then like I've watched, I, I watched like a, a hell kite like it traded with a titan because he like made right. it blue. Right. And I'm like, like, and these are like plays that are like on camera in feature matches, and the guy's like, oh, whoops. Wow, that happened. I guess <laughs> my titan's dead. Uh, der. And, and like. Is that if, if obviously like if he had played that matchup a lot and he knew exactly what the cards, are, but like he made the mistake in the critical moments. Like, is your deck actually bad, or did you play a good deck because you were able to make your opponents play bad? Right. Like, as long like it's the reason why like sometimes these cool rogue decks pop up and they do really well, but they do really well for one tournament, and then people are like, oh, right. I guess we should test against that, and then they don't make that mistake again. But like, if you're the guy who is on the cutting edge, on the wave, who's like got who who does it for the one time you're like yeah got there check it out well, is, you, like is there value in doing that even like is, is it worth putting in all the effort to like do one cool thing well you do gain i mean obviously you gain percentage points because unless you're playing a very good magic player with very good analytical thinking like quick on the spot uh they haven't seen that situation before unless they play a lot of drafts maybe you've just seen it at some point whereas you played your deck. You played it against Callblade. You played it against Valakut. You've seen all these plays yeah. a dozens of times, whereas they've never seen your deck. So they have to know the right play the first time. Yep. They can't say, let's rewind it. Uh, this is how I should have done that. Right. No, they got one, t- t- one time to make it right. And if they just even announce the wrong thing at the wrong time, they don't get it. Absolutely. And yeah. they lose. And so you gain that extra couple of percentage points. Whereas is it worth it to put that time in? I mean, think about it. Like, Call Blade, how many matches, thousands of matches have been played with Call Blade to the point where it's a perfected deck? Right. Whereas you cannot play a fraction. You can only play a very small fraction of, I, let's say, green-blue aggro to get even close to a perfect build of that deck. I felt really bad. It's I, – I don't want to just rehash the entire story, but, like, I lost in round nine of the – of Fort Worth day one because he played Eldrazi green and I played a go for his throat on Azulamog. And that's, oh, that's boy. like, yeah, it's just, it's obviously the wrong play. I'm like, all right, well do all this stuff with like brainstorm with my Jace, do all this other stuff, get on this good line, uh, kill your Ulamog and whoops. Uh, he actually picked it up, that tried didn't to put die. it in his graveyard and he was like, wait a second. Yeah, obviously this guy's his opponent even had to think yeah. about that one. Oh wait. And, yeah. Well, cause like I was just so confident in like the way I was doing it that I was like, obviously this works. I'll do this. And I mean, if like, I was playing yeah. Ulamog, that'd surprise me. Right. Well, I, I'd never well, seen he that obviously knows who <laughs> I don't. Right. It's like, okay. that card that I, I won't actually say the name of cause I hate it. But yeah, that no. card, that card must kill that creature. <laughs> side I mean, note, resolves. Uh, <laughs> side note, Charles Lee will not say the words go for the throat. He thinks it's the worst card name ever it's invented. And I will not play it and drag and limit it. If, if I open up six of them in sealed, I will not play that card. Absolutely, I'll play black and just cut that card. Impressive. <laughs> Impre- that's that's a bold statement. I am boycotting it for Wizards. Wizards. Charles League will not play 
the card that everybody else has talked about. The moment. <laughs> you, you see what I do? I'd still put it in my deck, and then at the end of the game, I'd show to man, I had this, but it just didn't get me there. See, I think that'd be even better. We were, we were playtesting once with the uh, blue-black control deck, and uh, I had it in my hand the whole time, and he's like, did you just not have the answer to the uh, precursor column? Uh, no, I had it. I just, I, I'm not going to play against yeah, you. Go for the, <laughs> go for it doesn't even do that. It doesn't? No. Uh, well, then it I didn't out, have the answer. It turns out it has to be that dude. didn't have it anyway. I don't see, that's such what I get for not playing, I don't play that card. Yeah, it's such so a bad card. I don't card. know what it does. <laughs> no. But it kills Olimog, so. I mean, yeah, there you go. I mean, like, it, it, it somehow was able to not kill an Ulamog, so, you know. like and, and It was half dead, man. It was on its way to the graveyard. Came back. <laughs> but, like, I lost the percentage points based on, like, him playing a cool deck. And, like, I really like the guys who are, who are you know, in the trenches fighting it out with their cool deck that does something new and does something really fun. And, You're welcome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, for every Brian Brown that's, like, sticking a hero or a blade hold on a mimic that and swinging for 20 or on the next something turn. like that, yeah. yeah. And you're like, wow, Brian Brown, that was, like, really cool. There's, you know, fit 20 other players that are just, like, shuffling their deck with Squadron Hawks. Yeah, and... but, like, how many matches have you lost with that black-white deck before you finally got to a point where you were comfortable with it? Uh, I lost a good quite many, a few many matches before I was comfortable with my own deck. And so a lot of us, as lot. Magic players, are very competitive. We don't like to lose that, right? Match. So are we gonna spend the time losing those matches so we can make the deck better? Or we're just gonna say, all right, you guys did all the work. I'm just gonna take this Callblade deck and play it out. Well, right. I mean, like it's the number of times. Like Brian, how many times have I told you, like Brian, your deck's so bad. Like we've been sitting around at bars. I'm like Brian, your deck's so bad. I can't, I can't justify your deck being. Like why are you like like why are you still doing this to yourself, dude? It's not even good. And uh, he just uh, by the way he wiped the floor with me playing rogue earlier tonight. So I don't know too much. I mean, it it, it has its merits. It has the uh, the deck specifically itself that I run has the ability to beat every deck in the field. Whether it actually does that or not <laughs> is a matter of chance. Right. We're, we're kind of I mean, it's a that lot. That said, it can absolutely beat any deck on the form <laughs> without a question. Turn it two, Leon. Yes. Turn, turn two, Leon and Arbiter. Turn uh, one, Inquisition of Kozlak. Turn two, Leon and Arbiter. Very few decks have a huge deal to say about it. I you guys yeah. have all wanted to play Leon and Arbiter. Brian Brown actually does. He found the deck. Exactly. I've, I've wanted to play Leon and Arbiter so hard. It's it's so mediocre that you want it to be good, but it's yep. it's just that, that, that oh. tiny little notch oh. below good. I've played it in Vintage. I mean, like, <laughs> it's a very good Vintage card. It shuts off all the tutors. That's for that. I mean, shoot. I mean, for, for what it does, it absolutely does it phenomenally. Meanwhile, anytime you need to pay more than two mana for that and you can afford it, wow, is that a useless card. Yeah, well, I mean, you're black-white without Squadron Hawks, even. Cause, yeah. Like, like, you're like, I can't play Squadron Hawks. I'm just going to play the Zone Arbiters. I mean, if, if I'm know? not going to play Sword Combo, like... Like, like, what's like the, if I don't want to take twelve cards out of my deck for a sword combo, like I'm gonna have to do something, and that something is lone missionaries, mimic vats, Phyrexian ragers. I so mean, we're, we're gonna make a sixteen card. All combo. right, so so Brian, can I can I get the list? I'm gonna put it. I'll put it up on our show notes. I have no problem. I'll, I'll get. I'll four, get four inquisition. Uh, we'll we'll like, get it. We'll get it for the list. It's yeah, cool. No the uh, next uh, Star City game top eight, by the way, will be yeah, seven. Black, absolutely, white, mimic it's bats. it's gonna be all kind of black white mimic bats. Hero blade. And you'll hold, get no credit for, for it twenty. You gave it out on scrub. Yep. Just see, I'm actually, <laughs> honestly, I've given up on hero blade hold. Like, if you can't mimic that turn three, and then whatever you need to do, and a mimic bat after that. 
It's not even worth it. All right. How about how about we go? Uh, I'll get your list from you. We're gonna go smoke a cigarette, refill on some drinks, and we'll come back. We'll talk about some spoilers. We'll talk about some beers. We'll talk about listener oh. requests, whatever else we have to talk Cheers. about. Cheers! Cheers to all of that. All right, boys. We'll see you guys in a little bit. Cheers to that. See you in thirty seconds. <laughs> Blame it on the goo-goos, got you feeling loose-goos Blame it on the throne, got you feeling gone Blame it on the alcohol, blame it on the She said she usually don't But I know that she front Cause all they know what she want But she don't want to seem like she Okay, for, for, for the record, for yeah. no reason is Xenograph going to bring back Alice. Okay, cool. We'll bring, so, bring back Alice. Let me, yeah, let me say, this is the king of allies talking. This guy went, what was it, 5-0 and with 4-0 so at four, a goddamn Grand Prix. At Grand Prix. With goddamn allies. Fucking no Xenograph makes allies shit still. Taking out those those 3-0, and oh, those uh, those people who won those GPTs hey, for Grand Prix. We on the podcast. Hey, hey. Yeah. You want to you come back and start the podcast, maybe. You want, you want me to do that? We'll edit that back. I can do that. that. I can no, do you that. can't do that. You're, I can. Dude, you're pretty sauced. Shut your goddamn... <laughs> Give me a chance. And so we're back. <laughs> Every time that you try to do an intro, it bombs. 100% of the time. yourself and die. 100% of the... <laughs> what? Fine, go ahead. <laughs> Well, you did. Hey, this is what's <laughs> up, and this is goddamn Scrublands podcast. Yes. Go. <laughs> Best comeback from break ever. In fact, that should be your theme music from now on. That, that, you, that's Brian Brown leaning into the mic. That, that is that's what up. Scrublands. That should be the end of every podcast or the beginning or something. With that the, that with was the, great. That was awesome. Thank you. Wow, okay. <laughs> Fucking Scrubland Podcast, go! Oh, hey guys, and welcome back to the Scrubland Podcast. We're back. We we had a very lively break that involved a, a lack of milk. I'm going to hope you didn't miss me too much. I missed you a lot. Thanks. I, I wandered around. I didn't miss him enough. I was, actually just, I was actually just like calling out your name. I was like a specter. Like They're actually lying. Wandering. They didn't miss each other at all. They were doing X-rated things during the break. <laughs> wandering <laughs> through walls, calling out the your opposite. name. Each other. They were very, very close. <laughs> I think what they mean is they Chris want some Burrows. more right now. Oh, yeah. Another break right now. Come so. back to me, Chris Burroughs. I miss you. So anyway... Moving on. Talk okay. about fucking listener requests. You want to? Okay, Brian Brown wants to talk about Xenograph really right. bad. I, I think he's that. secretly trolling our our thing, and then he came on the podcast to to talk about it. Here's the thing: Xenograph does not make allies. Nothing makes allies. Yeah. Allies was good when Bloodbraid Elf was in play. Sometimes. Out, sometimes. <laughs> Outside of that, I went four zero with Bloodbraid Elf and allies. Without Bloodbraid Elf, allies does nothing. That okay. was Grand Prix DC. And you know what? The best ally in your deck was Bloodbraid Elf. Exactly! Well, All right. If you're looking to bring back allies, I think the uh, Doppelganger for three is much better than Xenograph. I, I think you're looking at the wrong I've actually player. been thinking about blue, black, and uh, just Tezzeret copy. Nothing but the new uh, artifact clone, regular clone, Cryptoplasm, Renegade Doppelganger. This is sounding Dark really Steel good. Wait, wait. What are you making? Wow. What so, are you cloning? So you want a Xenograph <laughs> You're cloning. Oh, God. You're you cloning Dark other clones? Exactly. What's you make Dark Steel Axe a creature and you clone Dark Axe. 
over and over again. All right. So, but, but, How many five five indestructibles does it take to win a game? But but it, but if you copy that, it doesn't get the five five, does it? Yes, it does. It, it no. just becomes a dark steel axe. It just becomes a copy of the card. Yeah. No, if you turn it into a five five tesseract and you use cryptoplasm, this may be the best plant I've ever been part of. And I don't even think it works. So I think my favorite line of that was how many five five indestructible creatures to take to win a game. The answer is four. Four, just so you know, Brian Brown. Four indestructible flat pads. I'm glad you provide this podcast with entertainment. Clearly very passionate about our artifacts, clones, and allies here. Go on there's shenanigans fucking Clone artifact, why not? Why not just pull shenanigans? Please, somebody explain to me why we don't just pull shenanigans. Right, you can't, you can't pull shenanigans. Like, it doesn't, do it. none of the things you said work. <laughs> that doesn't matter. <laughs> he can't, he's just, he's now just gone to flicking off the, he's now just flicking off the whole table. It's now, it's now just turned into, like, the double deuce on the whole table. Brian, go smoke oh, a cigarette. God. Brian, go, go outside smoke a cigarette. <laughs> I, well, I don't know about you guys, but I have this deck built, and uh, I'll be playing it tomorrow. Uh, I, I might run this this weekend. This sounds solid. This, will be, wow. this deck will be. Its name will be Scrubbling. Brian Brown says thank you. All right, Brian Brown. I am crying right now. Wow. Okay. God. So, uh, Xenograph is not a playable card. No. No. And no, that's that's what we had to say about that. <laughs> That's Xenograph. How many blue creatures that are allies does it take to right. win a game? Okay. Oh, man. All right, so, what else is on the... <sighs> All right, let's go to Sword, did Sword Benny, of War. Ooh, uh, and, uh, and a Callblade question. Benny does. Smith need some... What? Does War, does War now, Peace go into the Callblade? Like... I know, I know. Benny Smith has been hyped about uh, Sword of War and Peace. Now, uh, you got to put it on uh, any pretty much... Any dude, and it hits planeswalkers as well. That's pretty important. Okay, <laughs> so we're talking about the Sword of War and Peace. Hey, Will Haas, what does the Sword of War and Peace even freaking do? Because I don't know. All right, so as protection from red, equipped creature gets protection from red, protection from white. It's got uh, the same cost as all the other swords. Right, costs three, colorless mana, equips for two, colorless yeah. mana. Uh, equipped creature gets plus two, plus two. When equipped creature does combat damage to a player... Uh, that player takes damage, I believe, equal to the number of cards in their hand, and you also gain life equal to the number of cards in your hand. Absolutely. So, so basically, what the important part of that it even is good is you can you can deal damage to a player and you can kill planeswalkers at the same time. That's the most important piece. Wait, of this I sword. deal damage equal to the number of cards in their hand. Yes. Yes. Does Correct. It, wait. Does, does so I get a second rune flare trap? Is what you're saying? There oh you go. They yeah. reprinted rune flare trap. Redundancy. On the sword. <laughs> All right, no, it's, I'm making this deck. It's happening. Temple bells and uh, that's the only howling mine, isn't? Oh no, we had Jace Bellerins. Right. Oh, it's happening. Oh, Lord. I don't know how yet, but I'm I'm making that happen. Put a sword on a goblin guide. Fill their hand up. Yep. There, oh yeah. Oh yeah. There yeah. we go. Yeah. All right. That's All right. a that's a deck. <laughs> the, the two uses that it's been discussed is killing planeswalkers when it hits it, and it also gives you an out against the Boros and right. the Red Deck Winds. It gives you a pro sword. The question is, does it replace body and mind in the deck, or do you just run a third sword in there? Uh, or that, run it all. That's a really good question. I mean, Or the new, yeah, there's another one, but... No, go ahead. Or the batter skull. 
Is that Batter Skull? Is that what it's called? Batter Skull, yes. That's the other equipment that might go into Call of Duty. Now, that's a living weapon that gives plus four, plus four, plus four, and vigilance and lifelink to the creature. Now, that that's going to be the sickest weapon, i, I got to say. It... Way better than Bone Horde. Uh, not as good as Mortar Pod for, the, for what Mortar Pod was trying to do. But uh, if you're looking at uh, a, uh, an equip, uh, equipment set for uh, Callblade, I almost want to say that you got to run all three. I want to say I want to run one of each. I want to say War and Peace, uh, Feast and Famine, and Batter Skull. Yeah. Like, that's how I feel like my equipment package, package is going to look. Well, it gives you a main deck answer to. Let's say you end up, you look across, you see somebody play a Arid Mesa, and they sack it and go to set points. You're like, all right, well, now I'm going to get my Batter Skull with my Stoneforge Mystic. Right. Uh, if he doesn't bolt it, I turn three, put it into play immediately, have 4-4 Lifelinker. It's very hard for them to win that game. And it's the same game plan that Callblade has been running the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's just run out the turn two Stoneforge Mystic, and then after that you have Counterspell Mana plus the Stoneforge Mystic put it into play. With, uh, assuming your counterspell is spell pierce, but, you know, worst case scenario, they play something you absolutely can't deal with and you mana leak it. And then, you know what? You got you got an extra turn to screw around. Like, uh, that's that's really important to, to the Call Blade yeah. deck. Uh, well, even more than the damage, the pro-white, this thing's just going to walk right through other Squadron Hawks, walk right through other Mystics. Like, those are the things that are going to block in the mirror. Absolutely. Uh, does that make Tumble Magnet better now? Absolutely. I think... And you know what? Does that change the order of the best cards in the deck? Now, that that's an interesting question. I don't know. I still feel like Stoneforge is still the best turn two play. Oh, definitely. Certainly. Yeah. So. I don't know. I think I'd run one Feast and Famine in one of this. You I, don't I, feel like War and Peace is, even fits the deck? I, I, Feast and Famine is so good. The untap ability? I don't know. Oh, sorry. I meant War... Did I say... I think, I think Will's talking about it. War and Peace. And which one are you, which two are you playing? Are you playing Batter Skull and Feast and Famine or, Be- or Feast and Famine and War and Peace? I, I don't know if I'd main deck Batter Skull. Yeah, that's a sword, I, cyborg I, guard to you? Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure it's main, de- it's main deckable, but it, 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 it's incredibly powerful. The, now, the, look, at the, look at the package of people running now. They're running two Feast and Famine and one Mortified. Like, what, is that so unreasonable? Mort- to Mortified be running? does something very specific for the deck, which is it can take out the other Squadron Hawks and take out Lotus Cobra. Right. And... Uh, I don't really see Batter Skull doing that. No. I think it's more of a, a sideboard card. Doesn't give evasion. Right. Right. The only thing he gives is vigilance. And I don't see... You're, you're absolutely right, because I don't see aggro picking up, especially with War and Peace being printed. I mean, this this deck... Or yeah. the Batter Skull basically just stomps aggro down even further. Yeah. The, the, I, the, that, the best thing is against aggro, but against the control deck, you also have the renewable creature. The right. pay three, return it to your hand. The, the longevity yeah. is very good. Right. Which, I mean, the, then you can start talking about, it's like, all right, well, how much is, like... If, that's really good and becomes really good. Can it start replacing Squadron Hawks as your infinite creature removal thing? Right at the start of this event, though, at the start of like a, a new a new format where a new set comes out, even a small set, this is like what like 150 cards, right? Um, people innovate anyway, and Wizards has specifically said like, hey, there's going to be a whole bunch of new cards. Like, there's at least two new cards that are specifically geared towards like making the metagame different. So you know, hopefully that hopefully that'll happen. Uh. Let's let's shift gears. I want to talk about the fact that the whole damn set got spoiled, and Wizards hadn't even started preview week. 
Like, normally when, like, the, the Monday comes out and, like, preview week starts, we'll get, like, a small surge. We'll get, like, 20 or 30 cards or something. It this got, is the entire set. It got weirdly leaked, like, a long time ago that, you know... There that, was the Japanese leak, and then there was this just, like, apparently just, like, God, she this PDF of just, like, hey, here's everything. No, what, I have no idea where it came from. What, I don't care where it came from. The fact is that the text document of everything came out. No, what, right? I'm, what I'm saying is that... Uh, years ago, MTG Salvation used to do this about this time every year. It, this has only ever happened once in the history of Magic. Well, I think no, 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 What no. Sale's saying is this is the whole set this is the right whole out there in the set. open. I mean, before MTG Salvation got their leaks, and they had big chunks of the set coming out. But this is the whole set, and I think that's what makes it different. I believe the, the time before was when they tried to integrate Magic Online with Paper Magic. Right. And that got and leaked all And the digital era got all messed up. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that was the big time. They weren't, they weren't ready to do it. Like... We literally have everything. Right. And, like, a lot of times, like, even even the, like, illegal spoilers that are on the on the forums and stuff, like, they're, it's, it still provides a lot of excitement. And now you just, you don't get that excitement. I think that the best thing Wizards could have done, they did. Which is, oh. Um, embrace it. Oh, everything got spoiled? Well, instead of having everyone go to this secondary website that they, pro- like, that... They don't like in the first place. Like they, they, they like, hate them. They I mean, shoot them. Yeah, like, like clearly, like they're it's you know counterintuitive to what they're doing. Um, instead of having everybody go there and look at these crappy text documents and look at the cards in a way that they don't really intend to, forget it. Let's just put all the cards out there. How about here's a complete full visual spoiler that you don't have to guess with, and yeah, it takes away some of the impact of like the articles. Of like revealing each card at midnight. Like, I know that it, it's something I enjoy doing every every spoiler season. Is like, Absolutely. oh, I'm gonna like refresh on the daily MTG site for a little while and and wait until Rosewater's article comes out and see what sweet new card he designed and made and how cool he like the new mechanics gonna be and stuff. And I really enjoy that. Yeah. So it takes away a lot of the punch. I, I think they handled it very well. I, I think they. Did. I agree with you. I, did you read? Either of the articles, preview articles, yeah. That they except had? they did, they didn't acknowledge the fact that like like they have a little bit, and I, I like the fact that some of the authors are instead like in limited resources. When Steve Saden was writing it, he's just like here's like five cards, or say, he he just like he referenced a whole bunch of different cards. He's like here's like three or four new cards that you can use in these new infect decks, right. and when he would normally only get like one. So right. that that was really cool, like from an article writing standpoint, that he's able to just like use a whole lot, a whole lot of cards. It gives him more freedom. Yeah, yeah. I, I was actually impressed with what they did with the Karn article. I mean, here's their marquee character card for the set. It got leaked early, and they went ahead and built a uh, good article that built up Karn, talked about his legacy, and talked about how he was designed and all that. And it still had some punch to it for me. So I, I think they've handled the situation very well. I think a lot of people underrate the standard wizard cover like the the real hardcore tournament players they underrate like dailymtg.com like people like i feel like people just like never even go there and read the articles right. i'm like you re- you guys realize that like michael j writes there every single week and his articles aren't bad like they right. they're still good like yeah. they they do have good content on there i agree some of it is geared towards audiences that are not the tournament spike some of it is geared towards other other audiences, people that are starting or people like flavor or whatever. But I'd say at least half of it, if you're just interested in magic at all, at least half of it is relevant. Like I go like you should definitely go there every other day and just see if any of the articles interest you. Because for a little while I fell into that trap. I'm like, 
Well, Channel Fireball and Star City clearly have the best stuff. So no, how could yeah. how could DailyMTG.com ever, ever compete with these guys that have, like, the best pros in the business writing for them? Jacob Van Lunen has put out multiple decks that have actually, as building on a bunch of decks, like, yeah. actually put Pyramus out... Pyramus Ascension deck. Yeah, and Pyramus Ascension, that's, that's the biggest one, but... And, you know, there you go. So, whatever. Don't worry about it. I... Yeah, they put they put a lot of work into those articles and content. I think there's a lot to be gleaned from them. I, I it, it was it was how I cut my teeth on 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 magic articles. It was it was where I I started read like reading stuff and how I learned how to play limited at all. I didn't even know what a draft was. So I don't know. I I, I think it's one of the best places I, to learn how to play limited. Like it's a great little place. Plus the videos on nobody's writing limited articles. Yeah. Like I, a lot of times, like unless you're listening to one of the channel fireball videos that like is very in-depth, and, like, you have a good a good author that's talking about everything they're doing. Like, when Paolo's picking, he's just like, well, this is the best card. So I'll just take it. And you're like, well, I, like, for somebody that, like, knows what all the cards do and you're able to scan the pack very quickly, that is kind of what you want, but... For a new player for a new trying player, to learn how to dress, it's awful. There's no value. There's zero value there. So I really appreciate the fact that they're able to write, like, more in-depth articles that tell you, like... Hey, this when, is how drafting works. Like or sealed, if, sealed. They do a lot of sealed yeah, coverage, and that's especially awesome. for pre-releases and launch. Yeah, yeah. important. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's frustrating sometimes when when random author that's not very good is like, here's my whole sealed pool, and here's what I did, and they like don't go in depth very much. It, but like usually when Daily MTG hits a sealed pool, they're like they dissect it. They're like, here's what I got. Here's like three different builds, and. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm not looking for. And they just go all the way through. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, they, they do, do a good it's, job. It's shocking, it's shocking to me that I can still get the best, some of the best tournament-relevant content from the makers of the game when, when there are other outlets. Well, I think it's also because the site's also designed to be a little bit more simpler and less theory for the like, regular player. So you can just go there and get a simple article. And that's, all, that's good for a lot of players to get back to, get back to basics. Absolutely. Rather than just examining high-level theory, you also have to keep your basics well, too. I, I think there's a lot of theory there, too, because a lot of these walkthrough drafts, it's just, oh, I picked this, why I picked that. I mean, that's not going to happen to every player. Those packs aren't going to be the same. They, these these articles kind of give you a mindset of where you want to go with your draft, what you want to be looking for, whereas these other draft walkthroughs, they just, oh, I picked this. You're like, oh, I, I picked, you're I, like, I picked you know, this. Why? How? Maybe this makes me understand your style, but I don't understand. Like, like yeah, what, understand what am I supposed to be from? doing here? Like, yeah, what, 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 what about me? You know, it's it's inter- It's it's more entertainment than actual learning. Absolutely. So I don't know. I, I uh, good on you, wizards. I think I think they finally did a good job, like fixing fixing the the issue they had this time of like, whoops, the whole damn set got spoiled. That was really bad for us. They they definitely uh, handled it very well, and and they it was classy. Like they they could have gone real lowbrow, and they could have taken some real some real pot shots at like the Salvation. people like at, at like the people that offended, like the people that leaked it in the first place, or the sites that were willing to post it. They could have definitely like talked about all the negative effects of it, but instead they just rose above and they're like, you know what? Here you go. Here's everything, yeah. and. I, I think that, like, a lot of the players in the know that do like to look at coverage all the time, I mean, th- they already saw everything anyway. There are a lot of players. They never go to a secondary website. DailyMTG.com is literally all they go to. Yep. It, There's and, a lot of like, people like that. It's weird and kind of shocking, 
that that exists. But, like, until you go to a big tournament and until you, like, start talking to people that know what they're talking about, like, I didn't even know some of those websites existed. The, the mothership has to have a complete grip on the as much of the audience as they can. They want all the people who go to Channel Fireball and Star City Games to continue to go to MagicTheGathering.com. Right. And I, I'm, so. I'm really glad that they were, they're able to keep themselves relevant. Absolutely. It's, it's awesome. So, I don't know. I'm just, I'm totally geeking out on, on, <laughs> on the Mothership's website at this point. I'm sorry. Tell me, tell me what you're geeking out on. Tell me what kind of beer you're drinking this, tonight. Oh. I've been drinking it with you, and I want to hear your perspective. Uh, we have a Belgian ale tonight. Um, this is the Allagash Triple Reserve. Belgian style ale. It's from batch number one hundred and sixty nine. Oh boy, it's printed straight on 69. there. Sixty nine, and uh, you know, it's it's a Belgian ale. It's a light beer. Um, it's it's not bad. It's it any beer that comes with a cork on the top, and Pretty good. And, te- and tells you that it that's uh, quality. Tells you that it's uh, oh God, how do they how do they say? It? Uh, well suited to cellaring and will continue to mature in the bottle and improve with age. Oh, now, like most most we beers, we screwed it up. That's guys. a sentence. We guys. It up. That's a, that's a like, sentence. I mean, like most beers won't just like tell you that they'll improve with age. Most beers are like, I'm the freshest beer you've ever tasted. Right. Crack it open, Because if you don't drink baby. me right now, yeah. then I'm then you're screwed. Like, uh, it, how old is your beer? Seven days? Fuck that. Here's a two day old beer. <laughs> drink it. And it, yeah, like. Uh, not often that you see the, the the finely aged beer. I don't. This doesn't actually have a born on date or anything. So, I mean, we have any idea how old this is, but it doesn't matter. It's tasty. Sure, it was properly. It's, it's, a, it's a delicious little grocer. beer. It's the it's the triple reserve Belgian style ale. So it's got a little rushing river on the front. It's got like. Is this a wheat beer? It, feel, it tastes like wheat beer. It's a Belgian ale. Belgian ale. Yeah. Is that is that a wheat beer? I can't tell. Uh, I don't know that much about the process but a, Bel- no. a belgian style ale, a belgian style ale is a specific type of beer okay that well is different from others it's yeah. really light and it tastes a lot like uh a lot of the wheat beers that i've tasted and i really like it uh well it's nine percent by volume so one of the heavier beers we've drank on the cast well no the, the taste is light okay and also nine percent by volume also one so, of the heavier alcoholic probably beers. one of the reasons you like it so much because I love alcohol. You probably I mean, can't tell at this point. Me? That's <laughs> true. Uh, I've been drinking since 2 p.m. You're looking, so. you're looking, a, little, you're looking a little glassy-eyed over there. Just saying. Uh, that's because I'm so in love with this beer. <laughs> Chris Burroughs, what would you rate the Allagrash Triple Reserve? Oh, man. Can you tell me how many trees out of 10? Because there's a lot of trees. We don't, use the, we don't use the out of 10 scale on this Oh, we don't? We no. don't anymore? How many? How, Is that out of 7? How, fa- how fast does this river rush? Uh, this river, this river, about <laughs> nine knots. This is about a knot. This is this nine this, out of ten knots. This this river is moving at about nine knots. That's that's about how fast it's going. So there you go, boys. Uh, do we have any more listener feedback or whatever? I'm sorry I didn't get the episode out, guys. Um, so my bad. No, it's all right. Like it, it happens. Like um, I, it, it, I posted the second one. Hopefully this is like maybe you listen to them back to back. I don't know. But uh, I, I, let me, my sincerest apologies for not getting this episode out last week. Let yeah. me try and cover this as quickly as possible. Um, I do not feel like Mind Sludge or Mind Rod is going to get a lot better after rotation. It, uh, I know that a lot of people are looking at the new extrapate. Uh, what's it called, Charles Lee? Surgical Extraction. All right. So it's you can pay one black or a Phyrexian. Yeah. It's just extrapate. But it's, it's extrapate without the split second, except you can also hit lands. Is like that Blade on turn zero. You, you could hit... Non-basic basic basic. extra bait, I believe. 
Okay. You can? Okay. Yes, sorry. Can. So, um, so you, you can potentially hit uh, Valakits as well. Really awesome. You know, it's, I don't feel like those discard spells are going to get that much better. Because I don't feel like Surgical Extraction is well, actually main deckable. It's, I don't know. Like, if it does get better, it's only because Mono Black becomes an actual archetype again. Ah, <laughs> don't give me the that. Question, That's been, the only reason it gets better. You know it's what? not going to be an archetype. Everyone's been saying it forever. And you know what? I'm not going to give any credence to it. Uh, I wouldn't so, main deck the card. I wouldn't sideboard the card. Does anyone have any? Uh, yes, everyone's going to be playing it in Legacy and Vintage. Uh, maybe. Or why wouldn't I just play Why wouldn't you just play Tormod's Crypt in that? Because you can play for also free. just as good. Yeah. Okay. So like, there are literally like no. Because you can. Play I feel for, like this no, card's no, 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 impact no, no. is honestly very very small. Detail. That's a dumb question because you can play this question. You can play this card at instant speed. Um, oh, you can't play extirpated Tor- instant speed. You too. can't play Tormod's Crypt for okay. It's got the best of both worlds. You can play it for free and at instant speed. That's, Whoa! A, that's the mix between Tormod's Crypt. You're blowing my mind. And extirpate. Let so, me hop in the DeLorean and go back to. Please do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly. Why don't you go visit some dinosaurs like, while we're talking here? You're blowing my hair back here with your instant speed and no payment of light. Like, does who anyone, cares? Who does cares? Have some... This isn't good enough for any format. Maybe standard, maybe. You're dumb as crap. Moving on. <laughs> like, I, I agree. No format. Like it's, just, it's not no good. Format. No okay. format. We already no have format. this card. We are, like. Did they really need to remake this card? Honestly, I feel like Phyrexian. Uh, okay. No. We're not, the answer. We're not gonna, the we're answer not is no. See that, that silence right there told you no, the answer because, is no. No, because I really wanted to talk <laughs> about uh, the the one blue or uh, sorry the Phyrexian blue counterspell but I, I was told I am not allowed to because everyone else was talking about it I didn't say you couldn't talk about it I just saying, said it's been talked about hey, a lot this uh, surgical extraction has been talked about a lot as well uh, yes. at the time spiral invitational with Charles League what's it called the, oh, yeah, the whole name? That's, what's the, the name of the scrubland. the Charles League presents draft with scrubland time spiral edition 2011 Invitational. Did I get yes. it right? It's yes. CLPDWS. That's a mouthful. 2011I. I've, yes. I've said the acronym sure. more than I've actually said the full name. Not okay, as fun as IQ. IQ. The IQ was much better. Anyway, I drafted a Nyx in the Time Spiral draft. Where's this event at? It already happened. Where was it at? This event was at my house. We had my nice card table that we played on. We uh, we had nice little top eight play mats that were exclusive yes. to the uh, the CLP DWS TSP 2011i. Charles Lee wearing a scrubland shirt right now. I, I, I am wearing a scrubland shirt. Very dashing. I, I wear it almost every day. Um, <laughs> I support the cast. That actually greatly. makes me oh. a little uncomfortable. Um, That's pretty sweet. Uh, I drafted a Nyx. And took it as a money rare because I was like, oh, these Phyrexians, like, because, like, people were taking it on speculation earlier. They're like, oh, this card will be good later. And, like, at at regionals that year, uh, there was a vendor buying them for five apiece. And wow, that was every, a lot of money back then. Yeah. Uh, mythic rares. Well, know, and, right? dude, everybody was just shipping them because who the hell wants a Nyx? And right. especially at five apiece. And you know what? I think that it's still not worth $5. However... It is maybe playable. Like, I, like no. Uh, Phyrexian, no. like Phyrexian mana, no cost. I mean, we have the pack, we have all the packs and all the uh, Force of Wills. Like, there's yeah, there's Nyx, other cards we could have done better. Nyx has a Nyx 
It says converted mana cost. No, right? Counter target spell if no mana was played to cast. I mean, it's made for uh, the suspend card. It was made for suspends, yeah. Right, and didn't get any play then. It got a little bit of play. It didn't get any play. I don't know what you're talking about. Not in constructed. What'd you do? <laughs> okay, so, so you drafted it once? So wait, what, are we talking oh, about Legacy oh on the Scrubland podcast? We're talking no, about... we're, we're talking not. About right, we definitely are not. ...and Legacy, and no, we're not talking about... No, I'm just saying I value drafted it, and... We also I'm value not, drafted it, Jehora on the get-to. Yeah, $10. $10. And then Chris Cordy has... Daniel sold $10. And then guess where that is? That's in the back of my car. He didn't even know that before just now. Okay, well, it's not worth $10 anymore. Chris Casby drew X's and O's all over it. It wasn't worth $10 Casby. before he drew on it. Yeah, you're bullshitting. Somebody... Will pay, somebody will trade me for that no. for ten dollars if Chris Casby had written the regular all ones are ten dollars. The foil one. ones are insanely expensive. Not okay. the regular one. Everybody wants it as their commander general. Exactly. That's why it's worth ten dollars. So they want the regular ones. Edh, Jory the Gitsu, ten dollars. You, you heard it here Moving first. For sale. <laughs> you heard it here first. Scrubland podcast, ten dollars. So, where can you find us on Facebook? Uh, you can find us on. Facebook? Is that a real question? It's Scrubland Podcast on Facebook. I don't know how Facebook works. I assume, you, I assume you like click on our link. Yeah, sure. We're on the front page, right? Yeah. Yeah, the front page of Facebook. The front page of Facebook. Yes. Okay. I don't, so if you can't find that, where do you go to play Magic? Uh, you just come to my house. Oh, just your house? <laughs> I mean, what, what if you want to qualify for stuff? I didn't even. Okay, literally, literally today, I called no one. I, I contacted no one, called no one, didn't use the internet in any way, and somehow a dozen people are at my apartment right now. I think, I think Will, I think really, Will really had to qualify for the Star City Games. Right, where, where do I go to qualify? I had, these days? I had people. Is there, would, you, would you like to play in a super qualifier, Will? I would. I want to go to a big event. I want to qualify for the invitational. Well, well let me to... tell you, Will, there's a super qualifier in Chester, Virginia right. on May 22nd. Run by time, our own very own time capsule, Rick Ralston. All right. All right. So, May 22nd. Uh, the details are probably on Star City's page. They are. All right, they're on Star City's page for their super qualifier. Two invitations if you top two that event. Are there, is there cash? There is cash prizes. Yeah, this is the first super qualifier. I think it's 1K, right? Uh, I'm not sure about the K value, but I, I know it, this is the I think, su- I'm, first don't, super. Don't quote, don't oh, quote me. Quote Daniel Sale. It's a 1K. $1 million is million up for grabs at, at this event. Sales providing that. You might have to take out a second mortgage. $1 million. <laughs> Uh, that's how much I would pay to enter this event. So, just saying, <laughs> like it's a it's a pretty big cash pool. Right, this that, is a big event too. I believe it's a hotel, right? A hotel event. Uh, we're actually, actually we're, we're actually taking over the entire hotel, <laughs> and we're gonna start setting up tables in all the hallways and the <laughs> lobby and inside the hotel rooms. There will not be enough parking, so you probably want to get on your bicycle to get there. Right up or down yeah. 95. I mean, go. like, if double you, park? I don't, you, you can't, you can't ride your bicycle on the interstate, right, Charles can. League. Like, come on, you like, don't, don't be an idiot. I like, haven't like, ridden like, since I was six, so the rules change. Wait, I'm sorry. You're killing me! I had, I, look, I had a girl throw a backpack on and bike to my apartment tonight because she was so eager to get here, alright? <laughs> and then she came up and gave me a super sweaty hug. And it was hot. Just saying. Literally? I, uh, yes, yeah, literally and figuratively. <laughs> we were. I was enjoying the afterglow a little bit. Oh, so. all right. I'm talking about Will Haas's girlfriend here, so he might come notice over. I did not hug her. He might come. <laughs> <laughs> he, might, he might come over the table and punch me here in a minute. So I think we got to wrap up. We got to wrap up the podcast. 
So uh, guys, oh, scrublandpodcast at gmail.com. We want your lists. Uh, Chris Casby religiously checks that thing, and he wants to fix your he wants to fix your terrible. Decades. You can also find us at Scrubland Podcast on Facebook. And you know what? Pretty soon, nobody knows how Facebook works. Who uses that website? That's Pretty soon, you're you. all gonna figure it out. Pretty soon, you're all gonna figure it you out. You just click on the link that I got on my desktop that you guys made for me. Just Google it, right? Just Google it. Just Google, Google it. Facebook. Scrubland Podcast. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And if you don't have Facebook, just make a Facebook. Just friend us. That's how it is. Make a Facebook? And, yes. I'm going to Facebook1.com. Yes. No, I don't think that's how it works. No. Two. Two, two. Um, two yeah. Facebook, one's already taken. Oh, yeah. Facebook One's already taken. Facebook1.com. You can find us on facebook1.com slash podcast. We don't have any friends there yet. And, and take a, a, good, a good swig did, of shut did. the fuck up. Just like Danny Shell's about to. Oh, God. Will Hoss is coming on the table. I'm sorry, Will Hoss. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.